Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Time now for Soccer City, right here on your home for Louisville City FC, ESPN 680-1057, and the ESPN Louisville app. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. Yes, that's right. Look at your watch. You know what time it is. It's Thursday at 6 o'clock. Soccer City, ESPN 680-1057, and the ESPN Louisville app, or wherever you listen to radio these days. It is the show where we talk all things Louisville City, racing Louisville, professional soccer, as it pertains to the greatest city in Kentucky. Maybe the world. Louisville, Kentucky. I'm Jeff Milby, Benton Newman alongside, and Spencer Brown is our producer tonight. We really appreciate him. We have an action-packed show for you. So much to talk about. Louisville City is in the midst of a very hectic portion of their schedule, coming off of a hugely disappointing loss last night at Lynn Family Stadium to the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. They're back in action on Saturday for their second-ever international friendly. They take on Atlante out of Mexico. 8 o'clock kickoff for that game. Tickets available at lucity.com slash tickets, 502-L-O-U-C-I-T-Y, 502-L-O-U-C-I-T-Y. Lots of special things about this game tomorrow night. Giveaway margarita glasses, Benton. That's this always fun. Special, yeah, I'm sad I'm going to be missing it. I like to collect all sorts of little trinkets like that. It can go right up in the, in the bar cart next to your Stein that you got from the first international friendly this year. If you were one of the lucky people to get one against Kaiser Slaughter, so that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow night. They're on the road next week at Detroit, and then another home game next week at Birmingham. So lots to talk about with Louisville City. Is it time for video review? In the USL Championship, refereeing has been such a part of the conversation in the last couple of weeks for Louisville City. Last night, no exception. Should they have had a penalty? Maybe we will get into that, break two. that down. Should they have had Should two they have had penalties. two? You're exactly right, Benton. We will get on, into all of that. Uh, huge news this week, potentially huge news, I should say, reported in The Athletic that the USL maybe, possibly, potentially is considering, looking, thinking at, maybe will vote on promotion and relegation. It's one of the hottest to- topics in soccer. Find somebody who's a soccer fan and say, hey, what do you think about pro-rel? And sit yourself down because they'll rant at you for 20 minutes. We're going to get into that rant a little bit in this show uh, later on. And we're doing trivia tonight, giving you free tickets to Racing Louisville FC. They're off this week, a little midsummer break ahead of the World Cup, which starts in a week's time. And we are giving away tickets to the next home game, which is a week from tomorrow, Friday, July 21st, against the Chicago Red Stars. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff. And here's what makes this game even more exciting, Bitten. Not only are you going to get to see uh, Racing Louisville take on the Chicago Red Stars, a team that they've had huge success against this year, in the Challenge Cup, a 
tournament where they've had huge success this year. You then get to stick around Lynn Family Stadium and watch Team USA and Savannah DeMello, Racing Louisville breakout superstar this year, wearing red, white, and blue. Get to see them open their World Cup against Vietnam immediately after the game. A watch party at Lynn Family Stadium for a 9 o'clock kickoff. So back-to-back soccer games. A wonderful night of soccer next Friday night. We're giving you four tickets tonight if you can answer this question. It is very timely with the World Cup upon us. Racing Louisville, they've got a bunch of players going to the World Cup. They're from all over. They're one of the most international teams racing Louisville in the entire NWSL, maybe arguably the most international team. How many continents are represented for racing Louisville in the World Cup? I'll give you a hint. There's only seven continents on the entire planet, and we're not talking about Antarctica. So how many continents are represented for racing Louisville in this World Cup Text us your answer, 437-9680. That's the UPS Jobs text line, 437-9680. Or hit us up on Twitter, at Soccer City Radio, at Purple SDF, at Jeff Milby. Get us your answer. First person to do it successfully will get four tickets to that game and that watch party next Friday night for racing Louisville against the Chicago Red Stars. And by the way, while I'm here, Calvin McPherson, a listener from a couple of weeks ago, got our question right, and I drug my feet on getting him his tickets. He got tickets. He got tickets for uh, the last racing Louisville home game, but I just wanted to apologize. Drug my feet on that. I will not drag my feet this time. If you win these tickets, you'll get them right I away. I had to whip you in the shape. You really did. You were on me like like a like a parent. I felt like a, 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 a slacking parent. kid. No, a parent. <laughs> oh, I think you said a no, parent. No, I mean, you could have been on me like a parent, too, chirping in my ear. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give him the tickets. Give him the That's tickets. That's what I thought. I'm like, man, am I, am I like that? So 437-9680, that is the UPS Jobs text line. How many continents will Racing Louisville have represented in the upcoming World Cup? Let's get into it with what happened last night, Benton. Um, a hugely disappointing game for Louisville City against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds at home they lose one to nothing. Albert Dequa scores for Pittsburgh in the second half, and Louisville's offense continues to be Sahara Desert levels of dry. Uh, they do not generate very many chances in the game. Only one shot on target, and they go down at home already for the fourth time in regular season play. And if you want to count that international friendly against FC Kaiserslautern, it's already the fifth time this season Louisville City has lost at home. I know that's just a friendly doesn't count. But still, five times this year, Lou City fans have shown up to Lynn Family Stadium and gone home with their heads hanging low because of a loss. What do you make of it? Where is your anxiety level about this Louisville City season as it stands? Where is your anger level? There was a lot of Anger on social yeah. media last night from from Louisville City fans, I think, understandably, because it's starting to reach a little bit of a boiling point this season. Yeah, I mean, boiling point's a good way of putting it. I was going to say, it was that match was a bit of a tipping point. And we know Pittsburgh is a good team. This is going to be a tough match. And we knew we could hang with them based off of what happened when we, we just played them, when we played them in Pittsburgh. Um, and, and, you know, how that this match last night panned out, I, I think was a... We, we've been hanging on to hope for a while now. We, we've seen... Louisville City struggle before and they pick it back up but this has gone on for a long time and I think for a lot of people this is the point it's like this might not be the same sort of team that we've seen in the past this might be a little premature to say given that we still have like half the season to go but, but right we, now we are past the halfway point yeah, yeah, to your but, point. but I mean at, the, at this point we, we've not gotten a lot of evidence that we've seen things turning around so I mean we could still hold out hope that they get hot toward you know towards the uh, they stay in the playoff picture and they get hot towards the end but I mean that that kind of feels like a tough ask. I know we're going to get into the the penalty calls and whatnot, but I guess I'll just kind of get up front about that. It's like at the end of the day, like why are we relying 
on penalty calls? Why is that the make or break for us? We know there's other things that we can do. There's other things that, that the team can control. And like you said, offensive issues. Defense has been really good. Pittsburgh's just a good team. They got it one by us when we're, we're sleeping on there. So I'm not as frustrated about the conceding one, more so the lack of, of not being able to score. And, you know, you, me, and Casey Whitfield, we were talking before the match yesterday, and I was, you know, was kind of gauging Casey. I'm like, what, you know, what do you think's going on here? And it's just, and she kind of, had a similar thought that I was having as well, just not acting on instinct, overthinking things. And I, you know, I think there's a bit of self-doubt creeping into the mind of some of our particular attacking players. And I think that was even ever more present after the match. I saw a few players that were pretty visibly uh, downtrodden. Mm. And, and you don't normally, I, I think, see that as, yeah. as much. And, um, and I don't know, maybe it's my vantage point within the stands, but at least I felt like a lot of frustration uh, of of fans around me, which I've not normally experienced before. I think what it was was hopelessness, right? Hopelessness in the in the hearts and minds of Louisville City fans last night, especially when they go when a goal down uh, relatively early in the second half. Still had plenty of time to forge yeah. a comeback, but there's no confidence right now from the fan base and the players that they can come back from a one goal deficit. It's yeah. not unheard of. Heck, they did it last playoffs against Pittsburgh. This almost the same Pittsburgh team. A lot of the same guys on that team last year were back for Pittsburgh. They were down two to nothing in those playoffs. Came back and won the game in penalties. But there's no belief right now from the fan base that Louisville City can score, and for good reason because they haven't. Yep. They have not scored all season long. They're second from the bottom in goals scored this season. Only Detroit has scored fewer goals. Mm-hmm. As you said, the the defense has been excellent. They lead the league in shutouts, and maybe. This is what this team is going to be now. We've been holding out hope that the offense will finally come around, that the offense will finally get figured out, that they'll start to score goals like they did last year. Yeah. Maybe they won't. That's, that's where Louisville City fans are right now with this team. Maybe this is who this team is. I mean, maybe I'm glass half full, but I still, you know, again, I still think there's some redeeming opportunities. Again, still a lot of season left to play. And, I mean, the team is clearly doing some tinkering, right? If the, the keen eye observer would have noticed last night that there was a little bit of change in the shape. It was a 4 2 3 1. Not drastically different from a 4 3 3, but, uh, but notable nonetheless. You're getting shakeups on the roster, um, you know, particularly going back to that loud match, pulling out like a Tyler Gibbs. And, and Rasmus Stelfson so early on in there. So, um, I mean, they're trying different things. It's not throwing the same thing at the wall and, and, and praying that it works. But, um, yeah, something's got to be figured out, particularly, I think, on the confidence piece. They're just not acting on instinct. We're creating some opportunities. Probably could do a little better in the department, but it's, it's really about the finishing. I mean, you can go back to past several matches and point out several times, like, oh, my God, how did they... You know, how did they miss that? Or how did they not even at least get that close to make a, make a shot threatening? How many have we seen go over the crossbar or some remotely like solid-looking chance just be completely blown in, in some capacity? Here's Danny Cruz. He's the head coach for Louisville City. Here's what he had to say after last night's loss. Second half, we came out flat. Uh, you know, they created some opportunities. Uh, all in all, honestly, not, not a good performance again from us. And we need to make sure we go back to the drawing board, dissect it, and... Uh, and look at uh, making sure we we certainly continue to try to work on and fix the attack. You know, ultimately, we have to keep pushing forward. That's the biggest thing and keep trying to execute and training every single day and um, and making sure that it's clear uh, the ideas and, and where we need to be better. Uh, but again, you know, we put ourselves in some good positions today. I think we were a bit unfortunate again with calls. Uh, we can't seem to get one to help in those moments. Um, but you know, all in all, not the result we wanted, not the performance we wanted, um, and, and we got to make sure that we get better. A couple of things here. One, 
we've heard that from him a lot this year of the the idea let's get back to the drawing board maybe get a new drawing board at this point because the drawing board has not been not been working so far for Louisville City the other thing he touched on he was very understated but you could tell in his responses the level of frustration that Danny Cruz had about the calls last night I think we need to get into it now because it's such a part of the conversation you made the point and you're absolutely right that you can't leave it in the hands of the referees if you're Louisville City. You've yeah. got to be able to generate chances offensively and put the game away yourself. But the last two games against Pittsburgh, both of them within the last couple of weeks, there were what I think were, and I look, we each have our fair level of bias. I, I announce yeah. every game for Louisville City. You're the biggest Louisville City fan that there is. But the last two games against Pittsburgh, there were clear, to me, non-penalty calls or p- penalty calls that were not made. Clear fouls against Louisville City in the box where a Louisville City player was hacked and not a penalty, neither time resulted in a penalty kick. And that's a huge difference in these yeah. kinds of games. Two teams that struggle to score, two teams who are defensive-minded, Pittsburgh and Louisville. A call can make a huge difference. A goal, clearly, because Louisville yep. needs them so desperately, can make a huge difference. And the refereeing was not good enough. Either time, the last couple of weeks for Louisville City yeah. against Pittsburgh. I don't disagree. I mean, if you look over the past few matches, the Pittsburgh matches, Phoenix. I mean, you know, you could do some math, guesstimate which ones like should have maybe been like accurately called. You're talking maybe roughly yeah, a six I, point swing. I forget the Phoenix game. That yeah. there was another one there, in that there one. Two of them, there are two of them in that one. Yeah. And, but like you could argue that we should. Uh, like, we've been denied almost as much as six points. But again, like we got to control what we can control. Like, yeah, it certainly sucks that we're, we're not getting those. I mean, but I mean, I think honestly, there is one call that we got last night. We haven't talked about Carlos Mogul going in there like a wrecking ball. I thought that was a straight red. No question asked studs into the chest. Oh yeah. The rest of the fan base didn't seem to agree, or maybe they're just backing their guy. Like anyway, like, which, which I respect, I get it. But I'm like, oh man, that's it. That's an easy red. For well, maybe, me. maybe that's the referee with a little get back call, trying to benefit Louisville City because he no, knew no, he no, missed no, no, the no, penalty. No. no, you don't. You know, you don't do the give back calls. That just means you made two calls wrong instead of one. Well, I, ha- I hate that philosophy. It happens. I'm not saying it's the right philosophy, but it definitely happens, and it's in the mind of referees when they get calls wrong. They suddenly, you know, feel yep. like they owe the team something, and maybe that's what the case. But, but. But, to, go ahead. Ben. I was going to say, yeah. To, to your point, I got a I got a little sidetracked on it. Like VAR goal line technology. Like, should these sort of things be implemented in the in the USL? I mean, ideally, I would obviously like to see it. I know there's significant expenses with with some of these with the proprietary technology and whatnot. Uh, we, we've talked before about the goal line technology. What would it really cost to to implement in some capacity? I think it would. I mean. There's infrastructure that teams are lacking, and as much as I want to see that stuff like put in right away, so we get some of these calls, you know, in our favor, I, I think the bigger issue is just elevating the entire league to the point where it's going to be sustainable to put in that technology across the board because we can't just load up Lynn Family Stadium with cameras and do VAR at our site and then not have it at you know Tulsa. Well, here's where I'm going to disagree with you and stop you, and this is where I disagree with the league. If a fan sitting at home, every game in the USL is on TV. Every game is is broadcast, whether it's you know streaming on ESPN Plus or on local TV TV deals around the country. And a bunch of games are on ESPN two these yep. days. They get a, they get four or five games a year on ESPN two, maybe even more. The championship game is always on ESPN or ESPN two. Games are on TV, and fans sitting at home can see that the calls are being missed. Yep. 
we could see last night that the calls were being missed on the replays, on the big board, on the TV broadcast. The clips were being sent around on social media last night. And this isn't advanced technology the teams don't have. This is the broadcast yep. that's already in place. I get that there's expenses assigned, uh, you know, associated with VAR because you'd have to hire more referees. You'd have to find a place to put them, whether it's on site, whether it's at a neutral location like they do in Major League Soccer. They've got like an Atlanta replay center like they do in the NBA and MLS. It's in Atlanta. Something like that would have to be figured out. And there's cost. There, yeah, and I get that this is a low cost league. It's the Division Two league. There's a lot of owners that clearly, based on the stadiums that are around the league, some of the performances that we see from teams around the league, there's owners that clearly are on the cheaper end in this league. Yeah, there, I mean no offense to anybody. This is a statement of fact, but it is an issue when the legitimacy of your product is being questioned time and time and time again, and there's a simple solution. If Joe Blow on the couch can see the call is missed, there has to be some way to fix it. Let's let's not pretend that VAR is going to to wipe away all fans' concerns. Because even with VAR, you still get like weird stuff that people are going to complain about, maybe even rightly so. But to your point, I mean, going back to your point, I, I you know, I'm also partially operating under the under the assumption that the international football, whatever, you know, the, the guidance thing, not IFAB. FIFA, IFAB, IFAB, thank you. They have some sort so of... Many, so many acronyms yeah. in soccer. People people who are not soccer people are like, what? Yeah. IFAB, and they're just rolling their eyes, but it's like, so, the, it's like the rules board yeah. for the world. They set the rules of the game. I'm, I'm under the assumption that they have some sort of standard that has to be adhered to with that, and my fear is, is that that's not feasible for the USL to achieve. Now, if let's assume, if that is not the case at all, if we can assume that... Uh, Make sure that there's even cameras like throughout, like throughout all these different venues, like even angles and whatnot. Everybody's kind of operating on the same playing field. Then sure, I think you, you should be able to open up that discussion. But at the same time, I'm I'm not sure like that's their their biggest priority right now. Like if they have to like really like go gun ho uh, on something specific, I'm not thoroughly convinced that it should be. VAR goal line technology because at the end of the day it really doesn't shift the table all that much and I think we're kind of under like a freak little run here with, with Louisville City how many other times have have we just had so many just absolutely blatant misses you're absolutely right about that but Benton it's 2023 every league every sport if you're a sports fan watching sports on TV or in the stadium every sport has video review of some nature college uh, relatively small time college athletics college sports like Soccer on the college level, like softball, baseball on the college level, uh, lacrosse, field hockey, they all have Mm -hmm. video review. And there's I, sometimes in soccer, soccer people get so entrenched in, in what's going on with, with the sport of soccer. And I get that 100% because it's such a big sport. There's so many different leagues around the world. There's so many ways to do it. I think they could very simply, why don't we just give coaches a challenge? Give that as an option. It doesn't have to be a, a, four, a, a fifth official. It doesn't have to be a video assistant referee. Why, th- th- if, if that makes it cheaper and therefore more doable, what's wrong with that? What's <laughs> your, wrong with that? Your challenge idea reminds me of MLS 1.0. Remember the run-up goal kicks that they used yeah. to do back in the late 90s? Yeah. The goofy like, Americanization of it. But no, I mean, I, I get what it's, you're saying. It's not, I'm not trying to Americanize I know, it. I know. I think it just would be cheaper because then you don't have to have a fourth official. You can leave it up to the coaches to say, I think that call was bad. Go back and watch the replay. That's what they do in, in yep. that's what they do in all of college hey, sports. again i'm not totally I, I, you just have to make sure it's an even playing field and with how like you just get such a variety of quality of like of venues and infrastructures and investments throughout these teams i'm just like 
I I, th- I think that's it's a str- like it's a struggle. I, again, I like the idea. I just don't think it's their biggest priority. I think they have bigger fish to fry. Things they need to be knocking out asap. And and part of that is I, actually my biggest thing is is just raising the overall standard of the league as far as facilities and investments. I'm I'm with you 100 percent there, and we'll get it. We'll get into that more as, as the show goes on when we get into the pro-rel conversation a little bit Absolutely. later based on that report from The Athletic. And that's a big conversation to have. But to that point that you make, I think that the, the quality of the refereeing is paramount to the standard of the league. I mean, you know what I mean? You, you cannot have fans every weekend, seemingly. I know it's a, a little bit of a um, maybe a prisoner of the moment here. But but we, the refereeing is a constant conversation. Yeah. I mean we I mean we operate in an echo chamber of, of places like Twitter, Threads, yeah. whatnot. But uh, I mean, it, to your point, I I think we're in a bit of a freak run. You just don't get that many big misses that like that concurrently. You know what I mean? Absolutely, I, so, I, I, I get you. Yeah, so I'm I, I'm not against it. Uh, we got another. Great segment coming your way next. We're only here for an hour every Thursday night from 6 to 7, so we've got to pack in a lot of conversation over the course of an hour, and we're going to pack in some more on the other side of the break. Louisville City's Oscar Jimenez is calling in ahead of this weekend's international friendly against Atlante. That's the next time you, ha- you can head out to Lynn Family Stadium and see Louisville City in action. 8 o'clock on Saturday night, lucity.com slash tickets or 502-LUCITY. We're talking to Oscar next here on Soccer City on ESPN 680 and 105.7. You're listening to Soccer City right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. Trivia question tonight. 437-9680 is the phone number. You can win four tickets to Racing Louisville's next home game, which also includes a watch party for Team USA's World Cup opener a week from tomorrow night. That's the 21st at Lynn Family Stadium. Racing taking on the Chicago Red Stars at 7 o'clock. Team USA taking on Vietnam at 9 o'clock. The watch party happening at the stadium after Racing Louisville's game. Here's the question to get you four tickets. Racing Louisville, they're sending a ton of players to the World Cup. How many continents are represented by the Racing Louisville contingent? So tell you what, even if you don't know, take a stab. Send us a number, one through six, because it's not Antarctica. There's your hint. It's not Antarctica. One through six. Send us a text, 437-9680, or hit us up on Twitter, at Soccer City Radio, at Purple SDF, at Jeff Milby. You can get four seats to what should be a very memorable night next Friday night at Lynn Family Stadium. Also going to be a memorable night and a couple of nights at Lynn Family Stadium. The second ever international friendly for Luce City. They take on Atlante out of Mexico. They are in the second division in Mexico. They've won a couple of titles in that league over the last couple of seasons, 2021 and 2022. Benton, I'm going to call them the Louisville City of Mexico. How about that? A second division team that has a couple of championships in recent years. I think it's a fair enough comparison. Yeah, uh, they, what, do have, they do have 99 years of us. They existence. do. They do. <laughs> I wasn't looking at that. Um, or I wasn't considering that in my comparison here. It's a lot of fun things going on around the stadium uh, for this international friendly. There are going to be lots of food trucks. Gustavo's. I love tacos. Las Gorditas. Las Platas. Tacos Feliz. Uh, there's going to be live music, live dance. Uh, the giveaway is a margarita glass, a free margarita glass commemorative with the game sort of printed on the side. It, there's a lot if, of good reasons to come out on Saturday. If it's anything like the German beer steins, you got to get there early to snag one of those. 8 o'clock for that game. LouCity.com slash tickets 502 City. And another reason that you should come out to that game is because you have an opportunity 
to see our guest play, potentially, if he's on the field. Oscar Jimenez, who's been with Louisville City since way back in 2017. He, too, a two-time champion with this team. He joins us now. What's going on, Oscar? Thanks for taking the time to chat with us, man. Hi, guys. How are you doing? We're doing really, really well. Uh, looking forward to, to talking to you and looking forward to watching this game on Saturday night. Let's talk about where your team is right now. You've been around this club for a long, long time. You're one of the core guys that have been around, uh, you know, seem, feels like since day one, uh, several years back. You were part of both championship squads, as I just mentioned. It's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a hard road for you guys right now. So where's the locker room? Where's the feeling about how the season is going for you? Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's football. We've been, you know, the city has been blessed with a team that's been successful for the last, you know, I don't know, what, what's it been? It's year nine. Year, year nine for Loose City this year. Yeah. So, like, it's just, I mean, it is football. Right now we're going through a rough patch where we're having trouble, you know, getting the ball to the net. But that comes, that's going to come at some point. And once it, you know, once one game happens, it's going to open up, I'm sure. You guys have so many veterans. You're one of them. I just mentioned it. You know, the core of guys that have been around a long time, like Niall McCabe, yourself, Paolo Del Piccolo, Sean Tosh, um, you know, on and on and on, guys that have been around for years and years and years. Just tell us about the, the reservoir of belief that I, I would imagine you have to have because you've been through those battles with each other. You've been through the wars with each other in the playoffs, in those cup finals from 17 and 18 and 19 and last year as well. Um, just, just tell us about the the camaraderie and the sense of belief that there still is in this team. You guys aren't giving up just because it's been a little bit of a struggle, just because it's been a down year by Louisville City standards, arguably. You guys aren't giving up right now, right? No, absolutely not. I mean... You know, we have goals in the front, in the beginning of each season, and and we're still, you know, on track for those. And even though it hasn't been great recently, when you look at when we've won the championship, we didn't finish in top of the table. You know, we, we got into the playoffs in a decent decent uh, number, and we just we hit form in a good good time. So we're hoping that that's what's going to happen, and that's what we're working towards every day. You know, uh, we're all trying to get better every time we're out there so right now it's not looking great but it's not going to be like that every single game so looking ahead to saturday this uh you know it's going to be very exciting friendly but kind of looking at it from from the team's perspective as far as their form how big is this to have an opportunity to play a competitive match with like that doesn't have i guess points repercussion it gives you a little i guess a little freedom to experiment perhaps yeah i mean i guess that gives you that but it also you know when things aren't going well you can also you know have doubts or loss of confidence but it gives you a game where you can kind of just go and you know play the game for what you play the game for in the beginning is to have fun you know like when you're a kid you're just trying to have a ball play with your friends and so hopefully Saturday night it gives us an opportunity to just go out there and enjoy ourselves without any of that pressure of you know we need a win to get three points or where we are on the table it's just you know time to have fun and have the fun, the fans enjoy it, and everything that's going to go on at Bloom Family Stadium that night. Let's talk about something positive uh, about the performances that you guys have had this year, uh, and particularly positive as it pertains to you and where you play on the field as a fullback. Uh, defensively, you guys have been stellar. You lead the league in shutouts this season with nine. Uh, the defensive record, you know, outside of a couple of games, has been absolutely lights out. 
all season long. So tell us about the cohesion along that back line. You've got a rookie goalkeeper behind you, Oliver Zimla, who who doesn't look like a rookie whatsoever. Uh, so what's been the key from your perspective to, to being able to keep so many clean sheets, have so many shutouts, and, and limit your opposition to so few goals this season? Uh, I'd say just the, the accountability piece, uh, making sure we're all, you know, we try to defend first, and that's everybody. I know you just mentioned the goalie and the back line, but it's usually everyone that's involved in the, in the defensive aspect when it comes to the nine, you know, pressing up top and the guys in the midfield. So it's just about, you know, getting, having that hunger to get the ball back and, and do these little things correctly, which is what we do on a daily basis. I do want to ask you a specific one about the goalie, Oliver Zimla, rookie out of Marshall. He was a national champion in college. It's such a veteran group, right? So many guys that have been around for a long time. Uh, like I mentioned, the culture, I'm sure, is so strong. But I would also imagine, as a rookie coming in, that might be a little bit intimidating to have to get into that group and make a difference and you know have your voice heard and feel like you're a part of it and all those kinds of things. But from where we sit watching the games seems like Ollie has just just folded right in perfectly uh, w- with the team and, and as the goalkeeper for this team. So tell us about him and, and what's impressed you about him as, as a guy, again, Oscar, that's been with the team since 2017 for you. Well, honestly, I, I, would, uh, I would say that he's, it starts with him being a, a wonderful person outside of the field. Um, when we first met him, you know, he's a, a young kid who's willing to learn and, and take, you know, on board things from you know, the leaders on the team, which this team has a lot of leaders, and he takes up information, and, you know, with that, you know, comes the confidence. And he's had really good games where he's making save after save, and with that, of course, you you garner some confidence and some leadership yourself, and he's just taken that on board, and we couldn't be any happier with him, for real. What are you expecting coming up on Saturday? I know it's, uh, we talked about it being a friendly and it being you know less pressure and that kind of thing and an opportunity to, to go out and, and you know love the game again and play for the reasons that, that you play. But what do you know about Atlante? What are you expecting as a team? Uh, what can fans expect from this game on Saturday? Honestly, I have not watched them in the last couple of years, but I, I do, as a, as a kid growing up, my dad would watch uh, League IMX um, you know, every Saturday, Sunday, and I remember watching them play when they were in the top division, and I think they still played in uh, uh, Stadio Azteca. But it's uh, I'm honestly super excited for this opportunity just because I've been following Mexican League soccer since I was a kid, and it's something that, uh, you know, I just recently in you know the last 10 years started watching more MLS, but that's a type of soccer where, or a type of football where they're very technical, very skilled on the ball. Um, you see a lot of older players playing in that league because they're, you know, the, the technique on the ball, the skill on the ball doesn't leave you at that age. Um, maybe the pace of the game, but they're so good on the ball that it's going to be fun to watch a different style of play. Um, you know, we played a, the international game against uh, a Germany team which is a very organized group. They play a different style. So it'll be fun for the fans and for us playing to deal with players that are just good technically, and it's just going to be a good time. Now, after the match last night, uh, Coach Danny Cruz, when, when talking about this, this upcoming friendly, kind of alluded to that there will be a number of academy kids probably in the, in the mix for this matchup. Um, I mean, you've been here for, for a little while now. Like, what's it been like to watch the development of the academy and now get to start to see some crop of kids come up and start playing kind of side-by-side side with you? 
No, it's been great. Uh, it's great for the for the club and the city to showcase the talent that there is here. Um, with these kids that are coming into our, our training sessions on the daily, it's it's a competitive environment because it's a group, the older group that just wants to win. And so when they come here, they learn quickly that that's what this club's about. And it's it's really interesting to see them kind of adapt really quickly and take that on board. And I would uh, give a lot of credit to the academy coaches who push these players to uh, have that mindset um, of not only competing to win all the time, but also being able to take information on board from whoever it is. Chatting with Louisville City fullback Oscar Jimenez ahead of Saturday's international friendly, the second ever for this club. They take on Atlante FC of Mexico on Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Oscar, you mentioned growing up watching Liga MX. This is a team, Atlante, with, as Benton pointed out, a huge history, 106 years of history. They were founded back in 1916, located in Mexico City. They currently play in a stadium that seats over 30,000 fans. This is a team with, with, with a, a rabid following, as almost every team in Mexico has. Um, and I would expect, I, I'm hopeful anyway, that we'll see some fans of Atlante, maybe some fans of Mexican soccer coming out to see this team in action in the United States um, and maybe provide uh, some exciting atmosphere sphere uh to that game uh coming up on saturday night so what are you what are you expecting out of that are you also optimistic to maybe see some more uh fans of mexican soccer coming out to lynn family stadium honestly that's what i'm really hoping uh, i'm really excited about it i i've, I've looked and seen everything that's going to go on to uh, saturday night in terms of uh during the game and during, before the game but i just hope there's you know a, a big following that comes out a big crowd and maybe you start hearing some you know, Spanish chants in the in the crowd. That's that would be great. Um, <laughs> if I wasn't potentially playing in this game, I would love to be there. So, as a fan, I, I hope that so many people have managed to find tickets or to know that there's a game coming up, so that they can enjoy this for sure. I think that's as good of a sales pitch as we could possibly have. If you weren't playing in it you would want to be there as a fan it should be a lot of fun saturday night as you mentioned oscar a ton of promotional stuff off the field the food trucks there's going to be uh, music there's going to be dancing and again the margarita glass giveaway uh, should be a, a great scene on saturday night hopefully an entertaining game oscar really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us uh, good luck saturday good luck the rest of the season and uh, let's do this again sometime thanks so much guys take care oscar jimenez of louisville city uh, taking the time to chat with chat with us here on Soccer City. I think to his point, the game on Saturday is a big opportunity uh, to get some fans of Mexican soccer into Lynn Family Stadium and engage with that soccer fan base that's here in Louisville that really hasn't, not to be critical of anybody, but really hasn't been engaged to this point. Um, it's a big opportunity on Saturday yeah. night, even though it's not one that's going to count in the standings. I mean, and these friendlies are just such special occasions. You get to see a very unique opponent come in, different playing style, different culture. It was a lot of fun. I had a blast during the Kaiser Clouton um, one. Yeah. Kaiser Slaughtern, yeah. Bleh, 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 bleh. I've, German's not my that. first language either. Oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, this, uh, this upcoming one is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of cool stuff going around, a lot of neat food trucks. I think there's going to be some music and dancing. There's going to be luchador wrestling yeah, on the mini pitch beforehand. That's electric. I'm all for it. <laughs> I mean, and to a point that we, I've, I've thought about bringing it up, but Oscar kind of touched on it. 
there is a little bit of a rivalry between uh, American soccer and Mexican soccer. Clearly on the like national team level, U.S.-Mexico is one of mm-hmm. the best games of the year on the international schedule every time they meet. Um, but also on the club level, right? We see it in the Champions League in North America. We see it coming up in Leagues Cup and Major League Soccer where the League MX teams are going to take on Major League Soccer teams. And there's a little bit of a rivalry to kind of test yourself against the other country. Um, I know it's a friendly. I know it's not really going to count. It, the competitive edge may not fully be there on Saturday night. But once the whistle goes and the ball's out there and these guys are competing – we might see a little bit of that. We might see some of the feistiness that we see between Mexico and American teams. Oh, yeah. Both teams, I mean, are going to be going out and wanting to win it. Again, like the friendly, you know, friendly doesn't count for anything for either team as far as the tables and whatnot go. But like you said, when that whistle blows, those thoughts are out the window and they're in game mode. And like Oscar said, this is going to be a technical team, a skillful team coming up from Mexico and Atlante. Should be a lot of fun on Saturday night. 502 Lou City. LouCity.com slash tickets or also LouCity.com slash Atlante for your tickets for Saturday night. Racing Louisville, they're in action next weekend. Again, our trivia question still floating out there for anybody. Uh, Racing Louisville sending a bunch of players to the World Cup coming up this month in Australia and New Zealand. In fact, here's another hint. It is the most continents representative of any NWSL team that is sending players to the World Cup. How many continents are represented in this Racing Louisville World Cup contingent? Uh, 437-9680 is the phone number. 437-9680 to text us your answers or at Soccer City Radio, at Jeff Milby, at Purple SDF on Twitter. First person to text us a correct answer. Four tickets to next Friday's Racing Louisville Team USA doubleheader at Lynn Family Stadium. The Challenge Cup game followed by a World Cup watch party starting at 7 o'clock on next Friday, July 21st. So text in your answers. More to come on the show. We still have this pro-rel debate to get into. The athletic reporting juicy this week that the USL is considering promotion and relegation between its leagues. It would make it unique in American sports, but not so unique in international sports. We'll get into that entire debate. We'll also talk about Savannah DeMello, racing Louisville's breakout star. She is off to the World Cup with Team USA. Played 30 minutes in their final friendly before they shipped off to New Zealand for the World Cup. Will she play significant time in the World Cup? Will she maybe even score in the World Cup? We'll try and look ahead and talk about uh, what's to come for her. When we return, Soccer City every Thursday night on these same stations, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock on ESPN 680 and 1057. You're locked on Soccer City, right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. UPS Jobs text line still open, 437-9680. Our trivia question, how many continents is Racing Louisville going to represent in the World Cup? I'm talking about national teams. What continents are the national teams on? Uh, Give me a number, one through six. Just give us a number, 1 through 6, 437-9680, on Twitter, at Soccer City Radio, at Purple SDF, or at Jeff Milby. That World Cup is starting next week. July 20th is the starting game for the World Cup. The U.S. in action the following day, next Friday night at 9 o'clock. These games are going to be kind of weird times, right? Australia, New Zealand on the other side of the world. So 9 o'clock, pretty much the best opportunity we have to watch Team USA in action on Friday night. And the watch party at Lynn Family Stadium will follow racing Louisville's game against the Chicago Red Stars in the Challenge Cup. 7 o'clock kick for that. 9 o'clock kick for Team USA. Benton, Savannah DeMello is a member of Team USA, Racing Louisville's breakout star, 
who loves Louisville. All she does is talk about how proud she is to represent the city of Louisville on the international stage. She played 30 minutes in the final friendly for Team USA in San Jose before they shipped off for the World Cup and looked really good. Looked really good. Contributed to the one of the the opening goal for the U.S. The Trinity Rodman scored. She had uh, a really terrific delivery on a corner kick that could have resulted in a goal. She certainly looked the part of a Team USA player out there against Wales in that friendly last week. So my question to you, I'll put it to you pointedly. Do we see Savannah DeMello score a goal in this World Cup? She's not expected to be a starter right away. Rose Lavelle is the presumptive starter in that number 10 position. Savannah DeMello was one of the last players to make the cut, clearly, right? Because she never had a U.S. cap before that international friendly, uh, the send-off game. So she's on the outside looking into that starting lineup and that playing time. But I think she's shown that she has value to this team. And if Vlatko Andonovsky puts her out there, she can contribute. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's totally possible. I think we play some weaker opponents in the group stage, and I think we get an opportunity to see some minutes there. It's going to depend on, like you said, the um, the health of the, and, and managing the minutes of teammates around her. Rose Lavelle is ma- notoriously made out of glass, so, <laughs> so and not that we want anybody to get injured, but I mean, like that does lend in in, in Savannah's uh, favor. And at the same time, it's not break glass break glass in case of emergency. It's break glass for an emergency yeah. for the U.S. So I mean, I. I think that she's she's going to get opportunity, right? You don't want to like have the same players playing every single game, all the minutes. And I think that there's going to be some rotation in there. And she didn't get on that plane just to ride the bench, right? Like I think he he has plans to use her. And to what capacity? I think we'll find out. But uh, I think the group stages are probably the best shot at that. And I think that's where we can just destroy some teams. I mean, I'm thinking back to one of the other World Cups. I can't remember if it was the last one or the one before that. Would we beat like like a South Korea like 13 nothing or just something like that? Yes, Thailand. thank yeah, you. 13 nothing against Thailand, and that's why I think. I think she will score in this World Cup. I think it's going to happen in the opener. I think it's going to happen against Vietnam. You pointed out Rose Lavelle coming back from injury, may not be fully ready. Well, good news for the U.S. They're not going to need her against Vietnam. No offense to Vietnam, but this is going to be a landslide win for the U.S. I mean, if, it is, if it's only 3 to nothing, I think people would be shocked. Vietnam is one of those teams that are just not going to be able to hold a candle to the talent the U.S. has. You mentioned the Thailand 13 to nothing. That's the kind of score I think a lot of people are expecting with this game. It may not be 13 nothing, but let's say it's 7 or 8 nothing, right? Save Rose Lavelle, Vlatko. Keep her on the bench. Let her recover. Let her keep coming back. Throw DeMello out there. You're not going to need your best players out there for this opening game. Throw DeMello out there. Give her some time. Give her the opportunity. And I think we see her put one in the back of the net against Vietnam. Maybe I'm being optimistic. Let's hope so. It would be so cool to see her do it. I mean, like if I if I'm in his spot, and you know you're playing against a weaker opponent, especially in that in that position, Rose coming back from injury, just don't risk it. I mean, keep her on the bench if you need to, but you you, you start somebody like Savannah. Let them see what they can do. You know they can hold their own. I mean, again, it's hard to earn your way onto this team, and she did that. So, I I think we have a really good shot in the opener of at least seeing her, let alone her scoring. I think so too. So that's coming up next Friday, a week from tomorrow. Doubleheader of action at Lynn Family Stadium, uh, Louisville City. Uh, I've done that three times today. Racing Louisville against the Chicago Red Stars in the Challenge Cup, followed by Team USA in the World Cup with a watch party at 9 o'clock. RacingLouFC.com slash tickets. Hard transition here to the USL and the Pro-Rel debates. If you're a soccer fan, you have a take on this. There is absolutely no chance that you don't. And you've had a good reason to dive back into that take this week because the Athletic Tom Bogertz and Jeff Reuter reporting that the USL, and I quote from their story, will vote on whether to proceed toward 
The new competitive structure at the USL's Board of Governors meeting in August. That new competitive structure would include promotion and relegation. So this isn't necessarily an announcement that the USL is moving to Pro-Rel, more like an announcement that they're going to vote on whether they should move to Pro-Rel. So it's not imminent anytime soon, but it's a great opportunity to dive back into that debate. Uh, it's, so, it's so often a debate in, in American soccer because we're the only country really in the world, not the only country, several other countries do it, but we're one of the bigger countries to not have promotion and relegation. A lot of people think it's what holds American soccer back. A lot of people think it's the thing that would make American soccer great is if we had promotion and relegation. Will this make a difference for the USL is the question and where I want to take the conversation for the final segment of the show, Benton. Will it make the USL competitive with MLS? Because that's the angle in the story. Seemingly the owners and the league that want to promote, uh, put promotion relegation into the league, they want to eventually challenge MLS as a Division I league in the United States. Will promotion relegation be the key factor that will determine the USL's success in that aim, Benton. So first off, I love ProRail. I love the idea of it. I'm all on board. I don't think, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think that the USL is ever going to knock out the MLS. I think what their angle needs to be is differentiating, differentiating themselves, making themselves valuable in, in another way, another an alternative option, if you will. Um, and you know, I think ProRail is certainly a way of doing that. Like you've said before, not new to the sport of soccer, but something that's been absent in the American ecosystem. And a lot of just general people in the U.S. are, are going to be kind of relatively unfamiliar with the concept. And I think it creates a lot of cool storylines and it creates something very unique that you don't get otherwise. Right. So what, what happens when when your team, it, and let's say just use football, for example, let's say UVL football, let's say they have a really bad season. What do you do? I mean, some people who are maybe not as diehard about just, it. Just, what, just look at last year. They went to a bowl game and no one gave a crap. Yeah. No one gave a crap about Louisville football last year. And they went to a bowl game that 10, well, 15 years ago. That was the holy grail of college football. Please let us win six games so we can go play in the Cheez-Its Bowl. And last year, no one gave a crap about UofL football, but to your point. Let's say it's even worse and they, and they miss the bowl game. What happens? A lot of people tune out. The stands start drying up. When you have Pro-Rel, there's all of a sudden a little bit of incentive to pay attention. What if... What if they if they hit a certain they're so bad that they had the potential of dropping down the D two? Nobody wants that. All of a sudden, you're invested. Maybe not for the best reasons that you want in the world, but there's a storyline there. There's something to follow and root for. You don't want to see your team go down to D two status. You want to stay in D one. How much would UK fans make fun of the U of L fans if they fell down to D two? You get a new whole unique storyline there. I think that's that's really cool and it's just hard to comprehend. If, if you don't already follow soccer, just because it's it's something so new and fresh. On the other end of the spectrum, you get that like, other teams are going to have a chance to promote up. They're going to get to punch up above their weight class. They have something to strive for. It's not just winning winning the title or whatnot. They have a chance to play bigger and better opponents and, and just and, and elevate the whole status of the team. Really magical storylines can help de- can be developed over time with this sort of setup, and I think it's something special that can add to it. And you know, from where I'm sitting, I know I don't have any. I don't have any money in the game. I'm not investing in these clubs. You don't. Ha- I don't feel like there's a lot to lose by by implementing this. I will say, however, the to me, the infrastructure is the bigger problem, right? You don't want to elevate a team that just is completely lacking, like, like hardly has a stadium at all or nothing really like surround them. You want to get the like. You have to raise the standard of the league, and that needs to come in um, in conjunction 
with any sort of pro-rel implementation. I think that part is pivotal and needs mentioning. You're absolutely right about that, 100% right about that, because right now, Lynn Family Stadium is the crown jewel in the USL. It is the finest stadium in the league by a considerable margin. There are other soccer-specific stadiums, other stadiums built for USL teams across the country. None of them hold a candle to what Lynn Family Stadium has, and that needs to change. If this promotion and relegation is really going to make a difference in how people view the USL and whether or not fans tune into the USL and care about the USL, the stadiums need to be of higher quality. You can't have teams playing on baseball fields anymore. You can't have teams playing in bona fide high school football stadiums anymore. There needs to be serious, serious investment from the ownership across the league in the USL if they really want to challenge Major League Soccer. Because here's the thing, folks. I know pro-rel people on Twitter love the idea of pro-rel, and it's not going to happen with Major League Soccer. MLS has zero interest in promotion or relegation. They're never going to engage with the rest of the country on this issue. Louisville City is never going to have a path in MLS based on their merit on the field by winning but, championships. But one day, the thought here is that the USL could become the ABA to the MLS NBA. And one of the ways that they hope to achieve that is by engaging more people in their product by having promotion and relegation. And I mean, I don't. There's nothing wrong with not being part of the the MLS. In fact, there's a lot of benefits. You know, particularly when you're looking at the cost of tickets. <laughs> but uh, but I, I, you know, it's 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 going to add a, a really like a really cool dimension to things. And like, look at some of these bottom feeder teams that we have in the league. They would honestly probably benefit from relegation, like Las Vegas and Hartford. The general fan there probably isn't familiar with the USL Championship, USL League One. They know if their team wins or loses. Would they rather lose a bunch in a in a higher league that they're not familiar with, or lose or right. win more right. in you're a saying, lower league? You're saying a team that is a bottom feeder could get relegated and then start winning games again, right? right? They go down to a lower league which has less talent. They could start winning games, it, and that's what matters when you're trying to attract fans. Is say, hey, we're winning. They don't really care if you're in the second division or the third division. If you say, hey, we're winning, people will start show up more. Yep, and you also have to think that the USL a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times are engaging in different markets than the MLS, which is another reason why this could could really thrive, right? You get p- these local fan bases and, and whatnot developing. I know MLS is developing MLS Next, which is, I mean, half developmental, half... It's a uh, reserve it, league. It's yeah, a, it's, it's a half a attack USL, league. but honestly, at the end of the day, like I'm never really concerned about that being a a competitor to the point where it could hurt the USL. Nobody want to watch these these like reserve two teams. We tried that. We had those teams in the USL and they just And it sucked. We we're never you know never good. You're getting a bunch of 18-year-old kids that are just trying to figure things out. You need some veteran presence and you don't have them on those teams. So, um, but again, like I said before, I can't emphasize enough how much the infrastructure thing has to be goal number one. It has to be in conjunction with the pro rel. You can't just do pro rel and not push everybody to get their own stadiums, to get their own training grounds, and really build themselves up to real sustainable clubs. Because right now, some of these clubs, I don't, I don't think they're at their standard. Like you said before, we are kind of the crown jewel as far as that infrastructure. We're the piece exception goes. to the rule here. Yeah, we absolutely are. And other teams need to get on board. Some, some are there. Some seem very far away. One quick point. And I'll try to get it in real fast. We could do an hour on this topic. Without promotion relegation is so foreign to so many sports fans' minds that they accept that we are we're a second class sports city. We don't have big major pro sports. If there were promotion and relegation, that could change. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm a red pill uh, pro row person when it comes to that that kind of thinking. Hey, yeah, D1 stats could change a lot of people's minds. Soccer City every Thursday night at 6 o'clock. We got Louisville City in action against Atlante on Saturday night. 7.45 pregame coverage starts. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you then. This has been Soccer City on ESPN 680 and 1057. 
Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com.